B-Lab is saying all B Corps are going to have to pay living wages, measure and monitor their carbon footprint, you know, take action on human rights, have a climate strategy, have accountability and oversight of social and environmental practices at the highest level. We're really just kind of shifting from having different ways of getting to 80 and being able to become a B Corp to having a much more concise and impactful set of practices that all B Corps would be expected to engage in. Welcome back to her CEO journey. This week, we continue our celebration for Profit Reimagine Inc. becoming a certified B Corporation with another bonus episode. We couldn't be more excited to join the movement of businesses as a force for good. We believe this is only the beginning. There is more work to be done and there is recertification in three years. Why do we think about recertification already? Meanwhile, we just received our certification not too long ago. Because we don't want to stand still and do nothing. We know we like a world where profit shouldn't hurt the planet, shouldn't hurt the communities, employees, or any other stakeholders. That's why we have to continue evolving and be better every day in our commitment as a certified B Corporation. Also, B-Lab, the nonprofit that awards the B Corp certification to businesses, will soon issue a more robust standards for companies to be certified and recertified. We want to be ready. In today's episode, we welcome Carolina Miranda back to the show. Carolina is the founder and CEO of Cultivating Capital. She is here to share her insight on the new upcoming impact assessment. Now, let's find out Carolina's CEO journey. Carolina Miranda, welcome back to her CEO journey. Thank you for having me here, Christina. Happy to be here. It has been two years since we spoke. At the time, Profit Reimagine wasn't a B Corp. And then now we are. Many things have been going on with Cultivating Capital, so... Why don't you give us an update on what's going on with you and Cultivating Capital? Well, first of all, congratulations on your B Corp certification. That is so exciting. And it was wonderful to work with you on that. In terms of updates from Cultivating Capital, we continue to support clients to improve their social and environmental practices using the B Corp framework meaning that primarily we help clients with certification, with recertification to develop impact strategies and action plans. Two of the new developments over the last couple of years are that, first of all, we officially launched the B Impact Collective. The Impact Collective is an online community for B Corp enthusiasts, kind of like a Facebook group, but not Facebook. And so that has been really kind of getting some good attention and good interest. We're hoping that that will help people to be able to connect in community with others that are on a similar journey in terms of either becoming B Corps or even if for whatever reason they can't become B Corps, but they just want to connect with others and support the movement. Or if they are already B Corps and they want to support those that are B Corp curious, that's one exciting development. The other is that we've also recently rolled out a fractional chief impact officer service. 
So this is really designed to support small businesses on a strategic level to really kind of fine tune their overall impact strategy and to be able to align their operations accordingly. And then one other thing actually that I should mention, which is a development is we've hired an employee and now have another one on the way. So that's very exciting. The company is growing. It's definitely exciting because I still remember when I first got interested with Cultivating Capital, I was kind of like, okay, can I do this? Can I really become a B Corp certified business? And one of the first thing that I joined was your B Impact Collective. Because after I basically look at the B Impact assessment and then tried to do it for a year before I basically came to you and then said, you know what? I think I need help. Because I cannot do this alone. (laughs) Even though my business was small at the time, I really want to reflect back because I am pretty certain there are many businesses out there with less than 10 employees. Many of them probably thinking like I did, things like it's impossible to become a certified big corporation because we are so small. Can you share a little bit what, are the common challenges that you found with business less than 10 employees in getting the certification? It's definitely a common belief that people have that they think, oh, my business is too small because I'm not a big company. At the same time, the small businesses really make up the core of the B Corp community. So the first B Corps were all small businesses. And even now, the majority of them are small businesses. So that is possible, I think, because small businesses, they do face challenges, but they're also more nimble. You know, you don't have those layers of bureaucracy that you have with larger corporations. And so they are often able to move forward on the basis of what the CEO decides. Now, that doesn't mean that they that they don't have challenges. I'd say the biggest challenge that I see with small businesses is capacity. It's just a reality for small businesses. You don't have big teams. The CEO is also the sales manager and sometimes a client representative. And they're generally wearing multiple hats, not just the CEO, but also everyone on their team. The challenge is how do you make time for reviewing everything that the company is doing for actually getting through the impact assessment, being able to identify those improvements that need to be made, be able to actually put changes in place, even if it's something like formalizing your charitable giving policy, for example, in your practices. Those are things that that take time and it's hard when people are being pulled in different directions. That said, capacity affects everything that a small business does. And so at the end of the day, it's not necessarily a limiting factor that will preclude anybody from being able to get certified. It just means that there needs to be at least someone on the team, whether it's a CEO or someone else, that can take this on as a as a project for the company to see through to completion and then to focus on just integrating it into everything that the company is doing. I can testify to that. Because between juggling building a business and then taking care of clients and trying to get certified, it's all just like a capacity issue. It's true. I think the other thing that I can add with working with cultivating capital is really 
you are able to help me navigate which area that I need to focus on. And I don't know, do you find a similar challenge? Because I'm pretty sure there are businesses out there that already try doing this on their own. And then later they came to you. I would say that, yes, we do run into that. And and it's really not unlike any other specialized field in some ways, right? Like if you get into kind of the technical stuff of your website, for example, it can be a little overwhelming and daunting, right? That's why I have web developers who specialize in that to handle my website because I will get confused with that stuff. And that's why I rely on Profit Reimagined, you know, rely on your services as our CFO to help me make sense of some of the financial issues that I'm not as well versed with. And so what we do at Cultivating Capital is we really just try to make it as easy as possible for people to understand not just how to get the documentation ready, but really to use that as an opportunity to think through, okay, what what does this look like for my business? You know, how can we actually do this? How can we make it happen? And then, yes, we do want to save you time. And so we do have a full um, library of templates and, you know, is part, part of our knowledge base really, because for me, I don't want to just share templates with people. I want to make sure that people understand the why it's important and how to do it. And then templates are one part of that, but they're not like the full, full component of what I think is necessary to really integrate those practices into how a company operates. Going through the B Corp certification, I feel that it also make me think about my own business and it make me think about the processes. How can I streamline it better? After certification, which is, this has not been long ago. Uh, as you know, we got certified like September 21st. I already start thinking about, okay, I have three years. I know I should just enjoy the moment, but I also feel and what I have learned from other B Corp certified businesses, we have to keep the momentum going. What have you seen as the challenges for people who after they got their certification? I think the biggest challenge is really keeping up with the practices because there's a lot of things that when you first go through the impact assessment, you can check off the answer, you can upload documentation and get credit on the assessment, but then you're really committing to doing these things on an ongoing basis. So let's say, for example, if a company has employees and they are going to do an employee satisfaction survey, it doesn't mean that it just gets done once and then it's forgotten about. It's you're committing to doing it annually, even if you have fewer than 10 employees. What I find is that that's the hardest part for people. And of course, it ties back to what we were talking about a short while ago, which is really capacity. The companies that I've seen do this most effectively, regardless of size, are the ones that really take the time to make sure that they're going to integrate those practices. At the end of the day, you have to have some way of reviewing what you've committed to on at least an annual basis and making sure that those things are getting done and that you're keeping those practices up. And a good way to do that, you know, there's different ways to do it, but definitely being connected with the community is one thing that will help to keep these practices and these issues top of mind for people. 
I do occasionally see people who get certified and then they don't really connect with the community. And, and that's really a very big missed opportunity for them because it, it really is a community that brings a lot of the value to the B Corp certification. And that then gives people both the inspiration and the motivation to really integrate these practices and keep them alive. So you have been working with so many businesses and then many of them are certified. After the certification, what do you normally help them with in order to keep the practices going, the momentum going? A big part of it is really kind of educating the staff on what it means to be a B Corp. So we actually offer a presentation that we do for businesses that are already certified. We help to make sure that the B teams are set up. And that's something, again, we do that even for companies that are not clients of cultivating capital, but look at how do you get that B team set up? Who should be on that B team? How do you empower them? You know, we help clients to put together action plans that really help them to identify what are those things that they need to be doing, that they need to be thinking about, especially as they prepare for recertification. Those are some ways that, you know, we try to support clients to just continue engaging with the impact assessment and always increasing kind of like that level of awareness. Now, with the new, impact assessment, how are you guiding them? Because let's say that they're going to recertify in two years, and then now they're putting strategy in place. But in two years, is it still going to be applicable to the new uh, B-Impact assessment? So that's a good question. (laughs) It is a little bit of a tricky balancing act, to be honest with you, because at this point, with the new performance standards, B-Lab has just proposed them and they're not going to be finalized for another year. So we have an idea of what they are, but it's a year out before we're actually going to know for sure these are the final requirements. And so what we're trying to do is really find that balance between providing clients with guidance about here's what we know and here's what we expect while also remaining, you know, flexible. We do know, at least at this point, that anybody that is recertifying in 2023 will not be affected by the new requirements. And for anybody that's due to recertify in two years in 2024, and at this point, what B-Lab is telling us is that the new performance requirements are not going to be rolled out in such a way that will adversely impact the majority of B Corps. So they are saying that there will likely be at least one full certification cycle for existing B Corps to get up to speed and to really be evaluated on the new performance standards. What we're advising clients is to start looking at the new performance standards and start making sure that they are taking action on those because even though they haven't been finalized, it's a pretty good bet that they will remain in place. And then, of course, we're going to be building out our own resources and providing some additional support as we continue to gain clarity about what those new requirements are. 
But what are the most significant differences between the current uh, version of BIA to the new one, Carolina? Well, the fundamental change is that B-Lab is completely revamping how they certify B Corps. For 15 years since the founding B Corps were certified in 2007, the way that you get certified as a B Corp is you take the impact assessment You answer a lot of questions about your existing practices, and then you earn points as you engage in beneficial practices. So to use carbon footprint, for example, if you actually are measuring your carbon footprint, you will earn points for that. And as you get to 80 points, you can submit your assessment to B-Lab. The analyst reviews it, verifies it, and then you get certified if you're still above 80 points. What that means is there have been different paths to B Corp certification. For example, one company could actually be getting a lot of points for their worker practices. Maybe they have a workforce development program where they hire formerly incarcerated individuals. They will get a lot of points for that because it's it's an incredible program that they have, right? They're having a really good impact in the world, so they'll get a lot of points for that. But maybe they're not measuring or managing their carbon footprint at all, right? Maybe they don't have strong customer stewardship practices in place, but it doesn't matter because they have another path to 80. Conversely, you could have a company that has a really strong giving program. You know, maybe they're giving away 5% of, of their annual revenue to these great organizations. That's fabulous. You know, they're going to get a lot of points for that on the impact assessment, yet maybe they're not paying employees a living wage, but that's okay because, you know, they have earned enough points through other practices to be able to get certified. So that's the way it has been. What is shifting now, and it really is a seismic shift, is that B-Lab is saying for the first time ever, maybe we shouldn't do it that way. Maybe we should actually have baseline practices that all B Corps are expected to do. And so they've identified these 10 core topics ranging from human rights and living wages to you know, circularity and environmental stewardship. And in each of those core topics, they've identified these specific requirements So going forward, once this new kind of format is finalized, you're not going to have those scenarios that I just described. If a company has great giving practices, but isn't paying living wages, for example, conceivably, they might not be able to become a certified B Corp. B-Lab is saying all B Corps are going to have to pay living wages measure and monitor their carbon footprint, you know, take action on human rights, have a climate strategy, have accountability and oversight of social and environmental practices at the highest level. We're really just kind of shifting from having different ways of getting to 80 and being able to become a B Corp to having a much more concise and impactful set of practices that all B Corps would be expected to engage in. How do you think this is going to impact the smaller B Corps, though, with all the requirement? Do you think it's going to have an impact to the smaller businesses not becoming B Corp then? 
I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case because smaller B Corps, yes, they have the drawback of limited capacity, but they also have the benefit of being able to make decisions more quickly. Getting B Corp certification is really designed to recognize the leading companies. That's what it's always been about, and that's what it's going to continue to be about. In terms of how the new requirements will affect the small B Corps, one of the things that B Lab is really taking into account, and I really personally respect how they're doing this, is they're being very intentional about contextualizing the practices in each of these requirements. They are really looking at what should all companies do and then what should companies start doing once they have more than 10 employees, more than 50 employees, more than 250 employees, and more than 1,000 employees. They are really looking at what does this requirement mean for a five-person business versus a 50-person business versus a 250-person business. So, But then beyond a certain headcount, the proposed new requirements say the company actually has to have a climate strategy and be able to report progress against that strategy. So they're not necessarily going to ask that of you know a one-person business, but they might ask it of a company that has more than 250 employees. So they're not trying to make this onerous for small businesses, and they're trying to take into account what is reasonable for a small business. Carolina, help me understand for a business who just got certified like Profit Reimagine and our next recertification is not going to be due until 2025, right? What are the steps that I can take right now knowing there will be changes in the requirement? What can I do? What should I do? So that's a good question. And you're absolutely right. We don't know exactly what the new requirements are going to be as of right now, but we know they're coming. (laughs) And so the best thing to do is just accept this reality, accept that when you go to recertify, it's not going to be the same set of questions that we just went through on the impact assessment right now. So the one thing I recommend to people is stay up to date with this B-Lab is putting a lot of information out there. You know, Cultivating Capital obviously is keeping tabs on this. We're going to continue to keep tabs on this. The place where I'm posting most of the updates as I get them is on the B-Impact Collective. So that's just like a free way that anybody can, you know, just kind of get some of these updates as they come out. For our clients, we are also helping to prepare them to think about how are these particular requirements going to affect them and then how do we support them in looking at these requirements and being able to adapt them for their own businesses. So, But in general, I am also advising people, even if they're not clients of ours, familiarize themselves with the requirements, make sure that their teams know that this is coming up, especially for larger businesses. You know, you don't want to get caught by surprise with this and start looking at what are these new requirements and how are we already performing on them? The last thing that I'll say about this is if you look at the proposed new requirements, even if for whatever reason, some of these proposed requirements don't become 
finalized. They're all really good practices. All of these practices have been included for a reason because they really are ways to promote stakeholder governance, you know, to address racial equity, to address the climate crisis. They're all in there for a reason, and they're only going to help companies if they if they incorporate them. Now, at the beginning, one of the development that you have been working on is the fractional chief impact officer, right? So I would love for you to share a little bit more. How does a fractional chief impact officer can help businesses, especially navigating this new standard? When we look at these new standards, it's really about more than just the standards. It's it's about more than hey, you know, now you're instead of answering these questions on the impact assessment and getting eighty points, you have to answer these questions and pass the baseline requirements. Right? If we take kind of a step back, it's really about how does a company maximize and actualize its beneficial impact in the world. And when it comes to something like that, it is something that does require a level of expertise. So again, that's kind of like why, you know, I work with Profit Reimagined as as a fractional CFO, because you have expertise that I don't have. And it's not a good use of my time to try to learn everything that you already know how to do. And so the idea of the fractional chief impact officer is, you know, we have expertise when it comes to impact. You know, we understand the impact assessment. We understand the evolution of these understand of these standards. We understand why these standards emerged as best practices, what the best practices are. And because we're working with so many different clients, we also understand the practical realities of how does a company actually put these practices in place and tie that into its overall strategy so that it's not just a set of random practices that are being put in place to just, you know, pass an exam with B-Lab, but that it's an integrated way for the company to operate. We've been talking to clients about really serving as that strategic partner for them, you know, that can really come in and and help whether it's something directly related to the impact assessment or even whether it's how do we even ensure as we're bringing on clients that they're going to be aligned with our overall impact strategy, right? So there's ways that we can come in and help help the clients to look at things through a social and environmental lens and, you know, bring our expertise to play to help the company. And then I can really, truly appreciate that, especially as Profit Reimagine is growing and we start building our team members and our team members are not in the United States or not in Canada, which is to me, the biggest thing is fair wages. How can I make sure that I pay them even above the living wage? How can I make sure that the people that I hire and I work with can really have a good life, not just a standard life, but really have a good life? Because we know the common practices when you are outsourcing, everybody is thinking like it's all about costs. 
that is one area that I'm really want to focus on. Same thing with human rights, right? Working with people in other countries, there is a human right component to it. What about diversity and inclusion? So when you are talking about strategy and then how a business that is getting ready to recertify in three years can be ready and evolve and keep the momentum going, I can only see benefit working with someone with your expertise. Now, in terms of helping people and then providing this uh, fractional chief impact officer, what size of business can really benefit from having a chief impact officer? I would say any size business. I mean, if you look at cultivating capital, we have a fractional CFO. For me, from a strategic perspective, it made sense even when I was you know, preparing to bring on my first employee to have somebody who could provide that expertise. And so I would say, you know, in a case even like yours, you know, with Profit Reimagined, the size that you're at and the questions that you're asking, then it would make sense for you to be working with a, a fractional chief impact officer to, you know, help you answer those questions. So I think that really, if it's, it, it's for anybody that prioritizes impact in their company and that is willing to say, this is as important as other things in our business, we want to make sure we don't lose sight of it. We want to think about it strategically. We want to have partners on our team that can help us with this. So I'd say that, you know, it really is for a company of any size, even though some of the specifics of what it looks like for a one person company versus, you know, a 250 person company are going to be different. Makes sense. Okay, Carolina, this has been a great conversation. And then I am so happy that I can invite you back to this podcast and celebrate a Profit Reimagine as a certified B Corporation and really hope that we can continue working together. Now, where can people find you and where can people find Cultivating Capital? Yeah, well, thank you, um, Christina. People can find Cultivating Capital on our website. It's cultivatingcapital.com. And on there, they can find a link to the Be Impact Collective if they are so inclined to sign up. And I am on LinkedIn. So people can just look me up on LinkedIn, Carolina Miranda. And I would just ask that if they send an invite to connect to mention that they heard me on your podcast, because I always love connecting with people that have, you know, we have mutual contacts in, in place. So thank you. Thank you, Carolina. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks, Christina. And that's bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. When you are ready to grow to the next level and seeking a finance team and a fractional CFO who are all in on your mission and can help you maximize profit to make a bigger social impact, connect with us at theprofitreimagine.com forward slash let's chat.